Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Monday. Five o'clock version here on Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan 1079. We welcome you aboard. Appreciate you joining us. Nice to see you again. I pop in every so often this time of year. Be here Friday? No. Oh, all right. I may not even do the morning show Friday. I may have to what? move Billy to Wednesday. Wait, what? I told you How are today. people going to get going? It's Kirk and Company is part of people's morning routine. What did I tell you today? The, the morning routine. The boy and the child bride want to go somewhere. They go at 9 o'clock or 8.15. Don't, you, don't they understand the I obligation you have? they leave Thursday night after the show. The obligation you have to the people of Texarkana. I'm... The, uh, the, the, what you provide for them each morning. I'm on the Johnny Carson schedule now. It's kind of like uh, prune juice, what you Johnny, provide for them. Johnny didn't work like that every day. Johnny got to where he just worked occasionally. Really? And so, you know, Dodger Danny's like Joan Rivers. He is an awful lot like Joan yeah. Rivers in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, uh, in a lot of ways. He's uh, he's mean. He comes in here and rusts people up. Oh, he doesn't do that. I don't know, does he? I don't know. What are you talking about? Well, everybody always thought Joan Rivers was mean. No, she was just Her comedy was mean. Acerbic. Remember, she'd make the Elizabeth Taylor jokes. Yeah, well, that's not mean. That was easy. That's that's like low hanging fruit. That's you what grab you some of that. that. Yeah, she talked about Liz's low hanging fruit. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing mean about I think that. That was one of her punchlines from back in the day. It's taking advantage of the material yeah. that's there in front of you. Yeah, ah, Dad, always... Danny's not mean. Okay. He's he's very calm in here. Okay. Okay. I haven't right. riled him up yet. I haven't right, said we'll anything, get him riled up I haven't said anything negative about the Dodgers or, you know. Ooh, I wouldn't do that in front of him. He's very Dodger-centric. Whatever. Whatever. One of the places we were looking at going this weekend was Chicago. You're going... What? Uh, I told you. you the, what? Do what? The kid and uh, the child probably want to go somewhere this weekend. So we're, we're looking at Colorado. We're looking at Chicago. I don't know. So... Really? Yeah, just get in a car and go somewhere. Just go drive to Chicago. Yeah, Thursday oh night after God. the show. All right. I took the train one night to Chicago years ago. Just get on train. I wonder if the train still runs out of well, sure downtown here. Sure it does. Maybe we'll see the, the tracks are still there. Well, I'll check to see if they're running. Hey, even if it's not an Amtrak. There's a Thursday free train night. that goes up that way, I'm sure. Yeah, the boy's got the foot injury. He uh, won't be able to hop into a yeah, hobo. Car. You got the jungle right he's there. Not, Sorry, it's not that anymore. He's not fast enough to catch on. Oh, you just put him on the, skates. He's, on a, he's got that boot on. You put him on skates. He is walking now. It was very exciting last week. He took his first steps. Really? We had the camcorder. We had the camcorder go. The camcorder. <laughs> wow. We all cheered. Was very Who cool. sat in front of him and clapped? <laughs> we all did. See, I got to do that this way. If you been going up down the stairs for six weeks taking him coffee, you'd be you'd clapping. clapping. too, yeah. No, this is next week. Yeah. I don't know if my, my grandkid's ready to walk yeah. yet. But oh, well. We're trying to has figure been, that out. How long has it been? It's been, what, seven months? Yeah, it's a little early. A little green. Uh, maybe a little... Yeah, I say that. Yeah, I'm just trying to get see if he's crawling yet. Yeah. That'll be the thing. Actual crawling. Yeah. That's probably Not just good. rolling. If he can crawl with his oh, head up. Yeah, yeah. It's no, money then. Yeah, yeah. He's doing all the It's just a matter of time. He's a, he's a you know, top Advanced. 5% yeah. or yeah, one of those. Those accelerated kids. Yeah, GT, as yeah. they call them. That's those right. GT kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
STEM. They're STEM kids. Yeah. Whatever. That STEM will hold his head up. That's right. <laughs> anyway, 903-735-9905. Friday, we dropped the ball dramatically. Apparently, uh, I'm learning that every time the station takes another Ben Franklin-like lightning hit, we uh, we have to reset the entire, basically the operation of life. Let's reconsider. Okay, right. the kite flying. The kite, the flying. Yeah, yeah. Ben Franklin, well, you know, lightning ben, strike. Well, Ben was known for other things. He was quite the player back well, in his day. I'm not I thought talking maybe about that. that was code for colonial. No. Uh, getting it on. No, no. Every time he, every time somebody's lightning, Ben yes. over there. We get lightning in our general vicinity, then we have to have uh, Sports Girl reset the entire radio station. Basically, well, we did find out this weekend that. Uh, Avalanche stronger than lightning. So really, if you're having trouble with lightning. Get, really? get you an avalanche. An avalanche is stronger <laughs> than lightning. Well, at least on ice, from a frozen pond. Really? Yeah. Ever seen lightning with ice storm? No, I have not. Not very often. I've never seen it hit. What would it do if it hit an iced over lake? What would it do? Yeah. Oh, it would. Would it do. split the ice? Yes. Oh yeah. I want lightning some, wins. It's like rock, paper, scissors. I want some video on that. Oh, lightning. Of lightning, lightning splitting split ice. A, an ice top yes. lake. Yes. With the force that comes out of that, they split an oak tree in half. Yes. I it get bust the up tree a little, bit, part, little bit of ice. But ice, would it split ice? Not wood. Ice. Oh, look. There's my air conditioner guy calling me now at 10 after 5. I'm coming. I can't answer now. You left your wife there to take care of that, didn't no, you? No, she's probably already... Answer it. Let's answer I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the air with it. No. Tell him your wife's there to take care of it. No. <laughs> Something you never told a you know, guy coming to the house for. Ten, I've been waiting there. all day long. This is the beauty of how this works. Eh, it's like cable. All day long. I I, I call him. I call him. What, what do you have at my house? What time? Two o'clock? Yeah. Asking. You got any idea? No, we got no idea. Yeah, they do. 505. They're calling it's to say 10 we're minutes not, after five. We're not going to get you today. Oh, my gosh. Don't be irritable. I'm not irritable. I can't. The window of saying I'll be there today sometime starts at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 5 o'clock after in the afternoon. And, and I just can't. It makes me crazy. Well, neither could they. It makes me crazy. And that's fine. Call and say, hey, we're not going to get you in today. Not after the day. Can't get you today. We'll do it tomorrow. All right. See, we should do that to the doctors. What's that? Can't get you in today? No, no. Say, I'll be there between 8 and 5. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's so bizarre. It's because typically when you get to a doctor's office, that's, there's some waiting involved. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why they got a room. Yeah, they we, got their own room for it. We should just say, we're going to come in today, but it's going to be between 8 and 5. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not even fussy about it. My air conditioner is working. It was just to get service. You know, make sure it still stays yeah. working. Yeah, you're the only person I know that has that done ahead of time. You call them when it quits working. No. I want to keep it working. Oh, I don't okay. want it to stop. Unbelievable. Are you changing the oil in it or something? They got clean stuff. Oh. There's things that need to be clean. You know, you just pull those filters out. I put change a new one in. the filter myself every two, three weeks. That's not a what. Thing. Take my filter out every two, three weeks and change it. Put a I new one in every two, three months. Oh no! See, you make your work too hard. There's not a good flow of air. That's why you're going to have a break. My air conditioner won't break down. Yours will break down. Wow! You make it work too hard. All right. 
Anyway. What's that wife of mine and that boy make it work too uh, I'm sure that's true. Anyway, I started to talk about the phone because Andrew Monaco, who we uh, dropped the ball on on Friday, is going to be with us again today. He now was he was with us on Friday. We just couldn't hear him. He'll probably big dog you because you big dog. Oh, no, no, I Friday. apologized. I was perfumed. My apology. And you got him. You were a bothering him on a Friday afternoon in the summer. Don't you think Andrew's got something better to do? He was coming home from the College World Series. And you bothered him. I didn't bother him. Was he in flight? No, he drives. He drives drives all the way to Omaha. Yes. College Station. Sure. Wow. I'm sure it's on the company dime. I'm sure the Ags are paying for that. Probably got a rental car. Probably got a rental car. Oh, they probably got a fleet of them. Probably got a school vehicle. Yes. I bet they... Lexus. Yeah, I was going to say, Aggies (laughs) drive nothing but Escalades, I figure. We used yeah. to. When it was big time around here, we drove a Lexus, big, too. I bet they got big maroon Escalades. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Either way, he's coming on at 530 today. So for those who uh, would uh, would not forgive me after Friday's faux pas, we're trying to make it right today. Voice of the Aggies coming on today at 530. You going to get the voice of the Razorbacks on? Phil? Yeah. I can call Phil. Call Phil. Well, it's probably a little bitter for for those guys just yet. Yeah, maybe too soon. I, I try to avoid an angry Razorback for at least a week yeah, or two. Probably right. Um, the Aggies they do have the consolation. Arkansas, they're the only team to beat the national champion at the College World Series. Whatever that gets you, yes. Third place. I'm giving them third place. They get third for well, they were yeah. third place. They were the third team standing. They were. They were the last That's right. three. That's right. So I'm giving them third. You place. get a bronze medal for that. Yes. Although I didn't see anybody give him any, I don't. I don't it should think be a UIL where all the semifinal losers get a uh, get a medal no matter what. Have a medal. Why don't you just say all the semifinalists get a medal instead? All the losers. They don't give the winner one that day. You got to wait till the next game to get yours when you're all in the, the championship. All the semifinalists, losers. The losers get one on on semifinal day, yeah. and then the others get one after that. Anyway, so Andrew's coming up today. Right. Looking for what time is that? 5.30. 5.30. Unless we get hit by lightning between now yeah. and 5.30, then we won't be able to have him on. Did you, uh, did you consume a bunch of sports this weekend? Not as much as I should have. I don't know. Did you watch hockey last night? I did didn't you? watch any of the hockey game last night. I, re- I was – here we go. I'm, ah. of, I'm of the mindset they're back in Tampa – they're winning in Tampa on Sunday night. I'm going to go all in investment for Game Seven back in Colorado. Well, I kind of thought that too, because that was a huge win when they won in uh, Denver. Though, yes, I really thought that was going to allow them an the opportunity to get back in. That's what I thought. I had other stuff last night. I'm like hockey. Or, no, I'm going to invest in Game Seven. I'm all. I know Cooper's going to get us to a Game Seven. All right. So did you watch College World Series? Yeah, I watched some of that. All right. Did you watch any of the NASCAR race? No, I well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I turned it on and they were all parked. Okay, like, all right, red flag. That's it. But I did actually turn on NASCAR. You know, NASCAR in Nashville, uh, they pretty well fill up the stands there because it only holds like thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, they were talking it up big in a rain delay. Yeah. They were talking about the uh, virtues of Nashville. Yeah, but uh, they've got that place set up right. Yeah, they've got tailgating right by the fence. They've got a small grandstand area. They've got an area for the high-dollar um, RVs to park right up next to the fence. It's really – that should be the model for all NASCAR. 
Nobody's uh, filled the new NASCAR no, facility. No, the old ones need to get rid of some grandstands and put some tailgating spots up by the uh, outer fence. They won't do it. I, I'm just telling you, that would be what they need I, to do. I don't disagree. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. They need to rip out some grandstands. There's the hope we'll get 200,000 people back again. They're going to keep those seats there just in case. But Nashville's got it figured out. The, the, go the small. right size. Yeah, go small with yeah. it. And I think that's a concrete track. I think that's a little different. I think it's like instead of a mile and a half, it's a mile and a third. It's a weird It's a little different delineation there. of distance. <laughs> mile and a third. Either now, way. Who does that? You're pouring that thing going, you know what? Let's go a mile a third on this. That's what they do. Yeah. Engineers came up with that. They're, they're making their oval, and they're going, eh, you know what? Let's tighten that up a little bit. See if we can get it in <laughs> under a mile and a half this time. Let's see if we get a mile and a third. I think they just had so much concrete. <laughs> that, that probably is the most <laughs> sensical. Yes, that makes the most sense of the whole thing. We're running out of concrete. Let's reconfigure. You, you heard of them cutting corners? Yeah, nice. <laughs> or cutting curves. <laughs> 13 after 5, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan, 107.9. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. You stick around. I want to thank the good folks over at Budweiser. Stuart Title, the Party Factory, High Tech Signs, Fast Signs, all for being part of this. Quick break. We'll come right back. Don't forget, Andrew Monaco coming up 15 minutes. You're on the fan. Does your church or business need an upgraded audio or video system? Well, Clear Sound Audio Video has the products and expertise to help you do just that. With featured specials like short microphones starting at $40 and electric voice speakers starting at $299. You know you're getting the best for less. So be sure to check out Clear Sound Audio Video showroom at the corner of Kennedy Lane and Cowhorn Creek. Welcome back. 18 and a half after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor. Well, we're getting some uh, Shade Tree mechanic air conditioner uh, stuff there. Shade Tree. Bubba said just change it every month what the manufacturer Smart. And I live I'm, by those kind of rules. I'm guessing the manufacturer sells <laughs> the filters, too. No, those things get nasty. You can't even blow air through them. If you can't every see through them, you can't. No, oh, my I'm, God. You're crazy. Yeah, are... I change mine once a month, and it's literally... You can't see through it after a month. Well, you've got puppies everywhere. I was over there today, and I got mauled by puppies. <laughs> it gosh. wasn't a mauling. Licking's it not was mauling. It got mauled. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unlike the last dog, which really would have mauled you. Yeah. I, th- I think I just – I think I missed the other really? one. Really? He that and I had an understanding. <laughs> we kind of glared at each other. Threatened each other. Yeah. I, he'd show me his teeth. I'd that's show him it. mine. That's right. Yeah. Nobody wins. Yeah. When well, he looked at my teeth, he thought, shit, he's got to work for a bite that I got. <laughs> the new one's just a liquor. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Andrew Monaco coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Voice uh, of the Aggies. Voice of the Aggies. A couple of um, goings on today. I don't know if you saw this. It just happened a little bit ago. No, I didn't news. see it. it just Marlon happened. Briscoe passed away. Marlon Briscoe? Remember Marlon no, Briscoe? Yes, you do. You do, and you're going to go, oh, yeah, I knew that. Marlon Briscoe was the first African-American quarterback in the AFL. The AFL. Yeah. 
played for the uh, for the Broncos. I think for the Bills as well. Was a receiver later on. Okay. During the OJ years, Marlon Briscoe okay, was now converted. That a bell kind yeah. of as a receiver. Yeah, but he was he was a first uh, first black quarterback in the AFL. Yeah, not the NFL. No, who was the first one in the NFL? I don't know. So I remember Jamie Harris with the Rams. James Harris, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what mid late seventies. No, no, no. Jamie Harris. Was, James Harris. Yeah, well, early seventies. Mm, I'm gonna argue. I'm going to go at least mid. Didn't they call him Jamie? I think they called him Jamie. No, James Harris. He replaced Hadel when they traded him to Green Bay and fleeced I the Packers. He had already been there. What? Well, what? he was he was there, but he wasn't he wasn't playing. Hadel had the job till they uh, screwed Green Bay to about all those draft picks. Dan Devine, the idiot. Anyway, Marlon Briscoe was 76 years old. So, we note the passing of Marlon Briscoe today. I thought there for a second you were talking about Marlon Perkins. And no, I'm not like, Marlon Perkins. Oh, no, 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 no. He crossed over to the Wild Kingdom years ago. He had, but Marlon Briscoe, and I thought he would have been older than 76, to be honest with you. I remember him as receiver. I don't remember him as quarterback. He was quarterback. Take your word for it. All right. Anyway, uh, number two NFL uh, spot here, story here. The uh, House Committee can't find Daniel Snyder. He's on a boat. They can't find him. Yeah, no, they can't find him. They can't. Sent me a podcast, and they were saying he was on a boat in France. Yeah, they can't serve him. They want to yeah. subpoena him, and they can't serve well, him. Well, he's got enough people bringing him things to eat and drink. <laughs> NFL waiting on him too. I think the NFL could afford to, or actually the Congress could afford to get somebody there and say, "Hey, Mister uh, Mister Schneider, going to kidnap him out of the south the, of France." Here's the bill for your gasoline that you just feel. Oh, and by the way, here's the subpoena from the U.S. Congress. How about that? Like that's going to make him come back. It doesn't matter. Once you serve him, now he's, he's got to come. He's got to show gonna up. He's going to sign off on it and say, "Here, here's a twenty. Tell him thousand dollars. I'm not million. coming. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to. You know, it's funny. I, I was listening to a podcast today where they were interviewing this woman that's got the podcast on the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. They were ah. talking about the Dow Ripple incident and all that. Oh boy! And she was pretty emphatic that they should, you know. Asked Jerry to move on, and then if it, and whoa, what do you mean asking? We've been asking him to move on for yeah, years. Yeah, and he and, won't and go. Sports person interviewer saying, "Well, that's never going to happen." No, it's the same with Snyder. He's not leaving unless he wants to. Well, leave. I didn't say leave. He needs to come answer some questions. Though. Yeah, but there, he he can answer whatever. He'll plead. I had a fifth that day. I don't. You know, he's not coming in. He doesn't care. He's going to come in. These guys are above the law. They're going to get him to come in. Yeah. He may not get punished. He'll come in. He's going to have to come back eventually. And he will. Nothing will happen. Well, I didn't say anything going to happen. I just said they go, they're going to get him to come. That's the Obviously, that's what's going on. There's nothing ever going to happen. No, these guys, we know that this is never going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. NFL owners are above reproach. They're just, no, it's they, not just NFL owners. It's, it's, it's the, the wealthy. Halves. It's the wealthy. Yeah, but they're, they're in that upper crust. Well, they're upper, upper crust. Yeah. They're like the sesame seeds on the yes, top of the crust. They're on top. So. And anyway, I hate you know the committee. The committee looks toothless when they say that. Well, they are toothless. We would serve him, but he he won't accept our uh, our subpoena. You don't accept a subpoena. Take it. Here it is. Literally, they work for him. Oh, I know. Our government works I for those know. guys. Why would they? I know. What, they're going to go after the guys that pad their pockets? Well, the things that came out last week and the discussion from Goodell basically saying, I can't do anything to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, it well, I can't do anything. No. Unless, what is it, two-thirds of the owners yes. have to decide to yes. oust him out of the good old boy club? Which means Goodell can't do anything. No. It's the other guys that will have to do it. Yes. The other owners The other rich guys are going to have to no. do something to a rich guy. Which I think was was shocking to some people, but I think it's the, it, the reality of being a, a professional sports commissioner. You really do not have any no, authority. You work at the pleasure of the owners. Yes. They tell you what they want you yes. to do, and then you do that. Yes. And if somebody goes uh, crossways, then you hold your nose and say, I can't do anything about yes. that. That's them. They hire me. Yes. I don't hire them. They're like a city manager or yes. a school superintendent or something like that. They work for the welder. <laughs> wow. It's just how America works. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just. I'm pointing out the fact that commissioners, and I think Goodell having to go in front of uh, his what interview was doing, testimony was doing, comes the reality of he does not have authority to do much of anything. We're screaming about Deshaun Watson and when's the league going to do anything? Whenever the owners tell him he can. Yes, when the owners decide how this is going to play out, yes. they'll tell him and then he'll make his ruling. Then you can do what you want to do. Until then. Yeah. Roger, just sit on the sideline, wait for it to flush itself out, then we'll let you know when you can yes. act. Which is, I think, disappointing. We're talking about a player and egregious behavior, and the commissioner feeling the same way. I'm stuck until somebody tells me what I can do. How much investigating do we need to have? It's been a year, year and a half. How long has it been? He sat out all he last sat year. Out all last year. Yeah, it's been a See, year and a half. And, and I know this is going to sound horrible, but his punishment has been similar to the OJ punishment. Remember, OJ spent a year in jail. Yeah, yeah. Before they found him not guilty of, of killing his wife right. and Ron Goldman. Right. Um, that was his year in jail. That's that was the justice served. Well, what's the justice serve on this? He sat out a year. He got a guaranteed contract since he's been sitting out the yeah, year. He got money, but he didn't have to play. Where's the punishment again? So his body's taken no toll, and he got a guaranteed contract. Yeah, he had set out a year. And the punishment again was what? He had set out a year. I, mean, I don't say I don't get that. Yeah. Almost feels like that's a reward, reward. Don't get Come hurt. Chuck, you know the punchline of this. He had to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Where they paid him all the money. But he still had to uh-huh. go to Cleveland. <laughs> he hadn't gone there yet. He didn't have to go to Cleveland. He still doesn't have to go. To, he's probably with uh, Snyder, hanging out in France, yeah. getting massages. I bet you. the first time he calls the masseuse in Cleveland? <laughs> the masseuse? Yeah. Well, there's only the, one? There's only one. Really? And he works. He works? Yeah. In the dog pound. <laughs> I don't think he's going to call that guy. Yeah, he is. I don't think that's the kind of massage he's looking for. Uh, in Cleveland, it is. <laughs> really? Why? I'm glad Sci-Fi Guy's not uh, locked in today. Thank goodness. Or locked up, either one. All right, we'll take a break. <laughs> glad about it's that. 27 minutes after 5 o'clock. i got to hit the break here so we can get on the horn and get uh, Andrew Monaco on with us. Voice of the Aggies is coming up next. We, uh, we hope. I've got fingers crossed that this is going to work this time, but Sports Girl assures me we're good to go, so we're going to uh, try to get him on in about two, three minutes. Stick around. We'll talk to uh, Andrew Monaco next. You're on Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan. 107.9. 
29 minutes till 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor here on The Fan 1079. And joining us uh, live this afternoon, we got our fingers crossed that's going to work this time. Andrew Monaco, the uh, voice of the Texas A&M University Aggies, joining us today. How are you, sir? Howdy, guys. Great to be with you. I can hear you. I know, right? <laughs> well, I, pre- I, I appreciate your patience with our uh, inability to get stuff working on Friday and to come back with us today. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. All right. Well, let, let's uh, let's get down to brass taxes. And you had a heck of a couple of weeks uh, up in a little place called Omaha. Man, it was fun, Chuck. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to experience that. Look, re- look. Re- Divorce myself from being the voice of the Aggies, and as a baseball fan, I love how Coach Jim Schlossnagel called it. He says the pearly gates. It was phenomenal. Just they they spoil you. Uh, just all the baseball to see the eight teams there, then to see the Aggies, uh, and then then you're there to you know there, there's still some business to take care of. The the high level of play to know that you're playing for a championship to go from the final eight to the final four uh, with everything on the line. I'm telling you, it it was an absolute blast. Now, you got okay weather, kind of hot when you started, cooled off a little bit in the middle. I mean, it it can be just stifling there. Yeah, it really can. It it was. The first first couple of games were were really hot, but look, that's what we'd had throughout the regionals and the super regionals, and it sure beat the SEC tournament that we dodged. I I don't even say dodged the rain. You know, the rain fell they waited, and they were able to get everything in in Hoover. They did a fantastic job there in the SEC tournament. And what the folks in Omaha were telling me, since it was my first time, sometimes when you have that really good weather, the rain likes to come in and, and wreak havoc. So I think you take having it a little bit hotter, but playing all the games. But overall, absolutely no complaints about that. Well, Andrew, first, I, I want to apologize Uh I had picked the Aggies coming into the A-team series. I, I thought they would win it, and so I put the bad voodoo on you. And uh, But uh, I, I'm pretty impressed with uh, Coach. He's been there a couple years now and really seems to have the Aggies moving in the right direction. Look, I'm not, I, I am not mad at you for picking the Aggies. I'm sorry it didn't work <laughs> out. I'd like to have been celebrating with you, but th- thanks for picking us. <laughs> hey, and I, Andrew, I apologize. It's my fault. I, I didn't mean to put the voodoo uh, on you. I but I'm not going to apologize to any Longhorn fan for knocking them out on <laughs> You don't have any apologies. Yeah, y'all had a great <laughs> this year, and, and really I thought we were good enough to win this thing. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Uh, Jim Schlossnagel, you know, for his first year and bringing in a brand-new staff, Nate Yeski as his pitching coach and Michael Early as his hitting coach, as Nolan Kane comes in from, from LSU, and he brings in Chuck Box, and he inherited a couple of coaches that he kept – you know, and he brought in the grad transfers, a catcher Troy Clunch and pitcher Jacob Polish and left fielder Dylan Rock, and who ended up being a shortstop. He was a shortstop in Hawaii. He was supposed to play second base for us this year. Cole Kaler, Jack Moss. And, you know, he said, yes, everything was new, but the one thing that we all had in common was we all wanted to be at Texas A&M. And the success that Jim Schlossnagel had had at TCU, and there's a guy who – you know what? He never backed off of knowing that the ultimate is getting to Omaha and winning a championship. He was not going to say, man, I, I hope we're just better than last year. Well, being just better than last year would be getting into the SEC tournament. Uh, look, Jim Schlossnagel doesn't play for 12th. <laughs> so, and you could see that, and you could see his belief in this team and this team coming together. 
it really was something absolutely special. And look, I know there are no guarantees in sports, but he called this team the most imperfect, perfect team that he has had. Um, I really think that the way he's going to build this team in the future and what has happened this year and the culture that is in there, because now the players say this is what we do. It came from the top down. It was Schloss saying, here's how you get to Omaha. Here's what we need to do. Now the players will tell the other players who are coming into this program. I know there are no guarantees, but I think the way he's going to build it with even more pitching, um, you know, with the offensive lineup, the way he wants to play, cleaner defense, I really think it's a team that can get back to Omaha uh, a number of times. Uh, uh, watching this year's and maybe even last year's College World Series, the SEC, you, you, you expect the Vanderbilt to be there. You expect maybe even an Arkansas to be there. I don't know you expect an Old Miss or an Auburn or a Mississippi State last year, an A&M this year, to make it all the way to the, to the final eight. This is such a deep conference. It's got to give you, no matter who you are in the conference, hope that – you can get there just like the others could. Yeah, Chuck, if you look at the common denominator of all those teams, it's the experience that they had. Mississippi State last year, Ole Miss had the experience of players coming back. Vanderbilt had the pitching. Arkansas has pitching. Arkansas will always have that right under Dave Van Horn. So you, you have that. But isn't it interesting? And, and I've always heard this in the NBA with the Spurs. If you can get out of the West – you can win. If you can get out of the SEC, you have a chance to win this thing because you are tested 10 weekends every year. You're playing 30 games against SEC competition. You're, you're facing some of the best Friday night starters. You're facing, look, the Saturday and the Sunday starters aren't bad either, even though pitching was down and there were a number of number one pitchers uh, on, uh, in these schools who, who were out because of injury. And then you're facing these lineups, one through nine, the longest lineups that you're going to face. Oh, and then let's, let's put in that you're going to be tested on your midweek as well. This is just Texas A&M, a ranked Texas team over in Austin. They brought in a ranked Dallas Baptist team. Olsen Field at Bluebell Park, they did the same with Texas State. They all play in these tournaments. You are tested. It's a matter of can you get out of the SEC, can you have a run uh, in the tournament? You're just so tested that I don't think that, that anything that you face in a regional or a super regional, um, except, you know, teams that really are good on elimination games, right? The do or die games. But other than that, you're tested every week that I don't think the test is any more severe when you get into the regionals and the super regionals That's because the SEC is just that stat. Just the stage is bigger. The stage is bigger. Yeah, I agree with that. You know what? You don't play in front of twenty five thousand. Like you may, if you're playing up, you know, a Globe Life Field in that in the pre in the preseason tournament, right? You have that. Yeah, it is bigger. And I and, and you know what I found fascinating because it is bigger. How about the players for A and M who had gone there as eleven, twelve, or fourteen year olds, and they're in the stands watching the College World Series and trying to get autographs of those players in that tournament that year, and now they are the players who are giving the autographs to the fans. I thought that was fascinating, and it was fun to experience that through their eyes because I kept asking a number of the players, okay, where'd you sit? Where'd you sit when you came here and you were watching as that, as that young player, and has it hit you that now you're that guy on the field that, that you were watching? I, I think you get – and I think you have to – I think you have to drink in the moment you can't let it be too big it's still the game of baseball right you still have to throw your pitch you still have to swing (laughs) at strikes 
But I, I, I certainly hope that, you know, it's going to be a special place, obviously, for A&M. They, they won more games than they'd ever won. They've never gotten to the Final Four. This team's going to be a special team, and I certainly hope that those are some indelible memories that they will keep. Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies, joining us this afternoon. Andrew, you get a front row seat for SEC competition all the time. They're obviously the best football conference. Anyone who questions whether or not they're the best baseball conference isn't paying attention. Is it a matter of time before they become the best basketball conference in America? Well, if you start looking at the coaches that have come in, they're certainly coming in and and, and elevating. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's up to discredit. I actually thought, you know, you could say that they were a little down this year, but anytime I think they're down, they just bounce right back. And then look at the number of players who get drafted. I think when you look at that kind of, and that's not that's not the only reason or the only uh, thing that you that that you factor into being the best conference, but. I think there's an awful lot to that. I think it's more than just Kentucky and 13 guys when it comes to basketball. What Buzz has done here at Texas A&M, what, what uh, Coach Moss has done there in Arkansas, uh, obviously Calipari and what he's done at, at, in, in Kentucky. And then, you know, you, you have some coaches. The, the unfair thing sometimes is you have some really good coaches who have lost their jobs, but those schools know that they've got to elevate their game. And, you know, we're getting to that, aren't we? We're, we're getting to – Saying, look, you can have a bias, um, but it's really hard to say. Boy, was the ACC better than the SEC? You know, recently, uh, the the Big East isn't the same as it's been. The Big Ten doesn't. I think it's the depth, guys. Honestly, when you get to the SEC, the depth uh, of the conference and the number of talented players that you see night in and night out, and say, "Who? That's a future NBA that we're seeing right now." You'll probably get an argument, but uh, I'd be on the. I, I would ar- always argue every year that the SEC might have the best basketball conference as well. Andrew Monaco joining us. I want to go back to baseball for a minute. Uh, of all the teams we mentioned, we didn't mention the team that was number one in the country that didn't get to the uh, the uh, final eight in Omaha. That was Tennessee. I don't know if maybe we needed a villain at this World Series or not, but it felt like Tennessee not being there just made it a little bit lacking in something. No, we didn't miss them. Don't get, don't get. <laughs> they, they, they had to, you know what? It's interesting, Chuck, isn't it? The, the wearing that number one mantle, it, that's, that's a heavy crown, isn't it? Yeah. The number one seed just does not advance. And, it's, and I, what I find fascinating is – it's championship or bust for Tony Vitello and that team, right? Runner-up wasn't going to be good enough, but to not even get there against a very – look, Notre Dame's good, but Notre Dame then carried a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder. They felt like they were the sacrificial lambs going into that Super Regional. And you're talking to Oklahoma, who had to go on the road to Florida and then to Virginia Tech. So they had a little chip on their shoulder. Here's a, that's, that's the thing that gets me in the Big 12. TCU wins a conference. Oklahoma wins the conference tournament. Neither of them are home during a regional. The team that didn't win anything in their conference was home for the regional. And again, I think that's that little chip on the shoulder. And for Tennessee, it's it's different. You you guys know it's hard to be the hunted. But it, when you're hunting a team, when you're the hunter, man, that's a lot easier. You've got that number one next to your name, and you're taking everybody's best shot. And I thought Tennessee handled it beautifully until the Super Regional. They handled it through the SEC tournament where they had, they had nothing to gain from that tournament. 
and yet they won that and they had they were as deep and as stacked and talking not just to our coaches but other coaches say this is one of the best college baseball teams ever assembled man i'll tell you it was interesting. There, there were a lot of Vol fans there. I think they had made their plans that that team was going to be there. Now, they weren't there the entire tournament. That, that's for sure. I think maybe they sold their tickets. But, yeah, it was different. And, and, and I'm with you. I think it would have been seven teams, and, and, and Tennessee probably should have worn all black because they would, have been, they would have been the villains there in Omaha. But believe me, no one missed them because those eight teams all did something that Tennessee couldn't do, and that's get out of that super regional. Andrew, uh, Ole Miss went somewhere this weekend they'd never been before. That's winning a natty in one of the big three sports. We live at a time when you don't have to be super big. If you've got deep enough pockets, you can compete with anybody. Uh, is this Ole Miss's time that with NIL and other things happening in college sports, can they be a major player in the big three sports consistently? They may have to make that decision. You know what I mean? It's it's one thing to do it once. Now can you do it consistently? And that's where – let's talk about in football. That's what the Alabamas have been doing. That's what Georgia will do. That's where Texas A&M's aiming. That's where Jimbo Fisher is aiming. Uh, but, but for Ole Miss – look, that was the slight on Mike Bianco for 22 years now that he hadn't won a college World Series. There are an awful lot of coaches that have not done that either. <laughs> not just him. And he he walked the tightrope this year. Like there were fans that wanted him out. I'm like, you got to be careful what you wish for. You know what I mean? And and again, the team was experienced. The team I, look. If when I say gets hot at the right time, uh, I don't I don't mean that in a slap. I don't say I'm not saying that they were just good for three weeks. They they were. You walk that fine line. They were winning games that they were losing in the conference. It's rare that that school drops a conference weekend. They're almost always going two and one, but they were going one and two again because of the depth. But you know, you, you have someone as experienced as Mike Bianco as a coach, and then when it all comes together again, COVID and having guys come back for fifty years, and and that's that's not a shot at them. Good for them that Tim Elko wanted to play there one more year and experience that. I I celebrate that. I I think that is. That's phenomenal. And to have, uh, you know, DeLucci come through and to have Hunter Elliott, a freshman who we're all going to have to deal with for, for another couple of years. But now you have to make that decision. And it, I, you know what? I don't think, I honestly don't think it's just spending to get the big boys, to get those recruits. You've got to offer something else. Can Ole Miss in football get out of the SEC West? It's not easy. Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, they've got to deal with Mississippi State. In-state, they've got to deal, deal with Arkansas. That is better. That's the commitment. You, you can throw money at it, but it's not a guarantee. But then you've got to ask your benefactors, the, the ones who are going to pay you, if we want to be on that big stage, are we willing to pay that? That's, that's a question I, I can't answer. But if you can attract talent and you can keep them there, can you make the right picks? Can you bring in the right players in the transfer portal? It's got to be – I think it's still got to be we guys and not me guys. What's in it for me? The the, the kid that just wants the NIL money and then is getting out is not going to help any of these schools. I think there still has to be that that we factor. And Ole Miss now – beat a lot of teams last year that want that revenge this year. A&M is one of them. Can they come into Kyle Field and beat this 
A&M team this year. That's going to be the big test. It can't be one and done. I don't know if they have what it takes. <laughs> Lane Kiffin's always flirting with other jobs. Is that his destination job? I don't know, but that, that's, that's what it's going to take. I don't think it's just money. I still think you have to put teams together. You just have to also be now on the personnel side, how you recruit, how you bring in in the transfer portal, how you keep your players in that school from, from not leaving. It's a lot more work than I think it's ever been. There's going to be an interesting quarterback room in Austin in a year. Quinn Ewers has already gotten a big check before he left high school or leaving high school. Here comes Arch Manning now. Uh, can you even imagine how that's going to work itself out? You, what you want there, Chuck, is you want you want them to help one another. Is what you want. If it becomes you know if it becomes me me me, then that's not a good room. You know what I mean? But you want that good room. I, you know, I'll, I'll give you Texas A and M's room right now. You have Haynes King, who's the son of a coach, right out of Longview, uh, John King. And that celebrated program. You've got Max Johnson, who's the son of a pro quarterback in Brad Johnson, who played at Florida State, who knows Jimbo Fisher. And you have Connor Wigman, who's coming in. He's, he's the recruit. Now, what kind of room are you going to have? Are they going to help one another? Now, Haynes King learns from Kellen Mond what that room was like. How do you help one another? Haynes and Kellen were two of the last to come out of that room. And that's when Haynes wasn't playing. You want that to continue. You want the competition to be okay. I, I'm going to I'm going to work with the ones today. Uh, if 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 yours works with the ones today, and then Arch works with the ones the next day, can they elevate one another? They have to compete to win their teams. Jimbo's always said this: your team picks your quarterback, not not the coach. Your team does. Who do they want to play for? So you don't want a faction. You don't want half the offensive line saying. I want Arch and ha- the other half to say yours or them to have to go in there and uh, uh, politic for the job. That's going to be interesting what Steve Sarkeesian is going to have. And didn't they also bring in Malik Murphy, who they said was a five-star yeah. just a couple years ago? Kid, you want the competition, but you want them to elevate one another. And then whoever loses that job, one, still has to compete and prepare because you may go in in a moment's notice – Zach Calzada last yeah. year, right, for, for Texas A&M. You've got to be ready, and you can't sulk, and you have to be that team guy. And then who do you have in your ear saying, you know what, if you transfer, you can go play here. So I, again, that's why I say this is absolutely different from anything that we've ever faced, I think, in college athletics in the past. You know, they've talked about trying to set up a window where the transferring is going to have a window, and after that we don't have to worry about is anybody going to get their feelings hurt and move on. Do you agree we need to have some finite amount of time, or is it still the kids get to go when the kids want to go? I'm fine with the kid going if he wants to go, but I'm with you on this window. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to use a baseball example, as Schloss told us. It used to be no one really liked when the the baseball draft was – you know, the Monday during the Super Regional, right? Because you could be playing a game. Schloss was saying A&M was, I'm, I'm sorry, TCU was playing A&M. It was a 16-inning game. In that game, the deciding game to go to Omaha, three of his guys got drafted <laughs> during, during that game. And, and college always had asked, can you put it to a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Then the only teams that are affected are the eight going to Omaha if they have someone drafted. And then come July, when you have to um, have your scholarships set for the next year, you would know who was drafted, who's going this and that. Well, they were supposed to do that, but then COVID hit. And then Major League Baseball said, you know what, instead of celebrating 
at college, they were going to have the, the, the MLB draft in Omaha on that, on that Tuesday and Wednesday. Major League Baseball said, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to do what's best for us. And now they've moved it to the All-Star break, the Major League All-Star break. Well, that's inside July. Well, Schloss now has to come up, and every college coach has to come up with his 11.7 scholarships for next year, not knowing who's coming back. Because in, a, you know, in another 10 or 12 days, you're going to have that. So how do you get yourself in the transfer port? That's why I say the wall I think would help. But everything is at odds, isn't it? From early signing periods, we have the December signing period and the February signing period for football. We have all that. I think windows would make it a lot better. I think your great players are always going to get through the transfer portal. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of guys left without. To me, it's like musical chairs. There's going to be a lot of guys left without a chair. And then where do they go in, in college football? And are more guys going to have to go to junior college? And what's going to happen with, you know, the, the high school recruits? I'm with you. I, I think they should have that option. And, I, and then, to me, the big question is, why are you leaving? Are you running away from something or are you running to something? But I think that window would, would give a little more semblance and then give us an idea that we can set up scholarships you know, for the, for the upcoming year. And, and, and we can do this. I think it would help in the, in the planning because you have to be able to do that as well as instead of come July 15th, now you're absolutely scrambling for these teams and asking for waivers and, and, and all that kind of stuff, or having to have a difficult conversation with a recruit who always wanted to be on your campus. And now you're telling him he's got to go play Juco two weeks later now you have a spot open up. I, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think if we could have these, these, I'll use deadlines as the word, as, uh, and, and to, to do that, you have this deadline, this deadline, this, this deadline, if that would help make your, you know, your, your college football, college basketball, college baseball teams be settled a little more than some scrambling that's been going on. I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to give you two months off. We're going to get you back on again when we get ready for football. That's a deal. What, what, what are you doing for the summer? Anything now? Am I supposed to be doing something? Well, I don't I, know. You know no, I, you're I, not. I may run down to the park and just start doing Little League games. <laughs> Won't they be surprised when I send them an invoice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm, I bet that's not very cheap either. <laughs> uh, no. no. no you, you, see, you know me too well. Yeah, no. You know me too well. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We appreciate it. And I just want to... For folks who didn't get a chance to listen, if you didn't hear any of the Aggies games last week, uh, and I don't get to hear them very often, but uh, it was it was nice hearing you calling baseball. We know you're a football guy. You've been a basketball guy forever. I don't know what your background is with baseball, but it sounded like you were just having a whale of a time calling baseball, and they were really enjoyable games to listen to. I appreciate that. Coming from you, high compliment, my friend. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to let you go. we got to move on, but uh, it was great talking to you again. Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies, as always. Uh, you are a welcome guest anytime, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, you take care now. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Bye. There you go. It's Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies. We're running up on the uh, break here, so I'll just keep it here for the last minute or so. No Kirk and Company tomorrow because, after all, tomorrow is Tuesday, which means... The Power Hour, Tyler and Earl will be in yeah. here. And 
They'll occupy the 7 o'clock hours they have all summer. And apparently they're talking to Liberty Allo's new uh, defensive coordinator, I believe. Good deal. So he should be up tomorrow morning. I don't. I think that's who they have. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Earl sent me a thing a couple of days ago about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what they've got. So if you're interested in hearing about the new uh, D.C. for L.E., you want to tune in tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, for the Power Hour with uh, Earl Gill and Tyler Huff. Or should I go Tyler Huff and Earl Gill? I don't know the who's got pecking order in that. Tyler's behind the mic with the board, so he usually gets t- top you, billing. You told me whoever the play-by-play yeah. guy is gets That's top right. billing. That's how it's, the, the guy running the, the machine gets to go. So it's, it's, Tyler, it's, Tyler, play yeah, play? it's Tyler and Earl. How about that? That's how that works. I'm sure Earl goes, it's Earl and Tyler, but <laughs> either way, they're going to be on tomorrow. Uh, last thoughts. Minute. Big sports weekend. Uh, I, I really wanted to ask Andrew uh, if he contributed to the Jell-O shot oh, competition, geez. but uh, – <laughs> You know, A&M didn't win that either. I, <laughs> Ole Miss, not only did they win the Natty, they pretty much doubled up the field when it came to jello shots. Oh, the, Arkansas didn't win it? They came in, ended up second. That, How did that happen? Don't mess with Hotty Toddy when it comes to drinking. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the, uh, the Razorbacks had a big lead for a they long did. time. They did, and then uh, they gave it up late, so... Oh, well, maybe next year. Oklahoma, seems Jello got caught in her throat. Really? That's where you're going to go? You're going to do some of that, are you? Just a little, little choklahoma on us? I'm just saying. It seemed not to go down good for them. Sad. The sadness. You know, they had a great year. Finished number one in softball, number two in baseball. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good spring season for the folks up in Norman. But not quite good enough. Just a little off. All right. We're out of time. It's about uh, three minutes till six o'clock. I want to uh, again thank Andrew Monaco for joining us. He's always fun, always knowledgeable, and uh, tell you what, we get him on again. We get ready for football. We're done for today. You guys take it easy. We're back tomorrow. We'll do it again right here on Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor on the Fan 1079. See you guys tomorrow, five o'clock.